This album is dedicated to all brothers and sisters. My men and my women. And yo, it's time. Put our hands together. Hip hop, hip hop. Because we want to talk about y'all is hip hop. The stories of hip-hop, of rap music, are the stories of a million MCs who inside of them the words are coming, the words they need to make sense of the world around them. The words are witty and blunt, abstract and linear, sober and fucked up. And when we decode that torrent of words, by which I mean really listen to them with our minds and our hearts open, we can understand their world better, and ours too. It's the same world. This is Rhymes and Reasons. Well, my name is Hector Daniel. I go by the name Hex Hectic. Previously, my name was Bruce Wayne. And I got that name because back in the neighborhood, everybody used to call me Batman. my cousins we uh we all grew up like brothers right because my father wasn't in the picture and their fathers were like you know they kind of stepped in and you know looked over me and kind of educated me on on you know what it is to be a man and what the streets are like and it was all about being street smart because my uncles are all uh from back of the yards they'd even tell you stories about how when they were rival gang members and how they used to beat each other up and then eventually started you know marrying into the family and now it's this big peace treaty or whatever in the neighborhood we all have nicknames everybody has a nickname kind of like the rap game it's just who your you know personification is of who you are in the streets or you know your character or whatever your charisma however you want to call it my cousin's name is cartoon shout out to him my mother cousin's name is babyface and then chucky and um Cartoon, he's a character, he's funny, he's the funny guy. Everybody looks to him for laugh. My cousin Babyface was the romanticizer and the fantasizer and the dramatic one. All the girls had to have him, and he, but yet he's the guy that you know wanted to fuck everybody up all the time. You know, you get a few drinks in him, you can't stop him. And then my cousin um, Chucky, he's reckless and very, uh, it's always a fun time with that guy. Man. Let me put it like that. So anyway, I didn't have a nickname as of yet, and we ended up being in a cotillion. It's a quinceanera, it's a sweet 15 for the Mexican girls, right? So before I got to the quinceanera, my mom's husband at the time tells me, you know, you're the man of the house when I'm not there. I'm not going to be there. Something happens to her or the kids. Somebody touches them. When you come home, you're going to have to deal with me. Here we are at the Quinceanera and some guys that we knew from the neighborhood were there because they knew friends who knew friends and here we are in one place. They're starting to spread rumors, starting to talk about we're gonna F this guy up and F that guy up. Here we are outnumbered and outmanned. I go to the bathroom, I'm washing my hands. I hear this big commotion. I hear people, people, people arguing. I'm like, Jesus, I go in the bathroom for two minutes and all hell breaks loose. I go outside and there's a huge crowd surrounding somebody. I don't know who it is. I just hear a bunch of people yelling. I'm like, oh shit, where's my mom? So I'm looking around for my mom, trying to figure out where she's at. I spot my brother, I spot my sister, and my mom's nowhere to be found. I'm like, oh, fuck. So I go run up to see what the commotion is, and I couldn't get over it. So somebody moved their head over. I see my cousin. Everybody's trying to fuck my cousin up. My cousins come running through the backside. So now it's my cousins against pretty much the whole damn party. My mom gets in the middle. 
what the fuck are you doing? Get the fuck out of the way. Stop it. This is stupid. You're all going to get arrested. You're going to get locked up. Back the fuck up. Oh, shit. My mom's in the middle of it. These guys are drunk as fuck. I find the nearest bench. I hop on the bench. I hop over the entire crowd. And I was the Chambalan del Nord. That means I was like the main girl's partner or whatever. So my coat is long as shit. I come down. I take the biggest swing that I've ever swung in my life. I just jet it. Just hard as possible. Everybody's like, whoa, whoa. Everybody's like half drunk. Everybody's falling over. And, you know, everybody exaggerates what happened. It was like, oh, man, the motherfucker came in like Batman. <laughs> when I got into the rap game, I can't be taken serious. My name is Batman. So, of course, I picked the next best thing. Let me be Bruce Wayne instead. Uh, I got a little more serious with the music. I started to get a little recognition. And I thought, holy shit, I'm going to get hit with the copyright infringement notice or trademark infringement. So I had to change I had to change it up again. And I started thinking about what people used to think about me and what people used to say about me. Like, oh man, I, you lead like this real crazy life. Like you're always up and down, you know, like you practically live out of bags. You're just all over the place. Every time I, I see you, you're onto something else. Like you gotta you live a really hectic lifestyle. I was like, damn, that name's pretty dope. Hectic, I like that. I started thinking, my name is Hector, and everybody was like, yo heck, heck, yo heck. Like heck, hectic? No, nah, that don't sound right. And I just threw an X on it and like Hex. I'm like, that sounds raw. Hex. And I'm like, Hex Hectic. And I just roll with it. So that's how I got my name. brother's father he was a dj and he was really really known in like the little village area me and him really didn't see eye to eye right the typical story right whatever step parent bullshit but when it came to like music and movies he was always real cool about shit like that he had these dope ass two vinyl turntables badass mixer and these these two like subs and these two high speakers and he just used to rock the crib on, on the weekend. If my mom wasn't jamming out to music on Saturdays, he was jamming out to music on Sunday nights. He'd have a few Coronas and he would just start playing the dopest music and he'd be like, yo, come over here, come over here. That you don't know nothing about this. And that's when he kicked on Grandmaster Flash, the message. He started spinning the record and he started spitting the lyrics. And this is the first time I ever seen him out of like this kind of gangster personification that he had with them. You know, he was kind of like a real OG. He was always like a real tough guy and shit. He always had this swagger, this demeanor. But that instantly broke whenever you heard music you liked. He was just him. You know, it was the first time I ever got to like really see who he was as a person. So I started hearing the music. Started bobbing my head. Like he would just start scratching, and I then I was like, hold on, hold on, stop. Let that record spin. Just let like the record spin by itself. Let me hear that song. He's like, you don't know about this. I'm like, well, well, educate me. School me. And he let the record hit, and that's when I heard the first lyrics, and I was like, this is rap. Like, this is real rap. It starts off with the, the, the break, right? 
broken glass everywhere. People pissing on the stage, you know, they just don't care. I can't take the smell, can't take the noise. Got no money to move out, I guess I got no choice. Rats in the front room, roaches in the back. Junkies in the alley with a baseball bat. I tried to get away, but I couldn't get far. Cause a man with a torch repossessed my car. Don't push me, cause I'm close to the edge. I'm trying not to lose my head. <laughs> it's like a jungle sometimes. It makes me wonder how I keep from going under. Standing on the front stoop, hanging out the window, watching all the cars go by, roaring as the breezes blow. A crazy lady living in a bag, eating out of garbage pails. Used to be a fag hag, such a dance to tango, skipped the life and dangle. A zircon princess seemed to lost her senses. Down at the peep show, watching all the creeps, so she could tell her stories to the girls back home. She went to the city and got so 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 did it. She had to get a pimp, she couldn't make it on her own. Don't push me, cause I'm close to the edge. I'm trying not to lose my head. <laughs> it's like a jungle sometimes. Around the time that he was playing that, it was like when no shade to Ja Rule or nothing, because like them were the hits, you know, but like those are hits in my generation. So like when I was playing that stuff in the house, he'd be like, turn that garbage off. When he started spinning the real records, that's when he was educating me on like what real hip hop was. Before you had to be mainstream or sing on your hooks. It was just raw, it was rugged, it was just honesty. No fabrication. He used to tell me like, you got it easy because I had to join a gang because if I didn't, I was gonna get fucked up either way. So I was damned if I do enough, I was damned if I didn't. You know, and he's like, so I had to grow up at a real early age. I guess music, you could say kind of like, gave him that freedom to just, you know, be himself before, you know, before he had to start looking over his shoulder. Picture this, I'm watching a movie with my cousin. We're just watching movies. And he was my little cousin. He was like two years younger than me. My uncle, also from back of the yards, he never really moved out of that area. He kind of just, you know, moved within. If he ever had to move, he just moved within the blocks. And like after maybe like 7, 8 p.m., we weren't allowed to watch movies on the couch. We had to like sit on the floor because he wanted us to be below the windows. If we ever heard a noise, of course, you know, like we'd go see what it was. And when I heard that song, I understood that there were people on this earth outside of the, my neighborhood that have the same situation junkies in the alley with a baseball bat that's exactly what i saw i saw the same shit and that's when i realized that music in that form was honesty my son said daddy i don't want to go to school because the teacher's a jerk he must think i'm a fool and all the kids smoke reefer i think it'd be cheaper if i just got a job learn to be a street sweeper i dance to the beat shuffle my feet wear a shirt and tie and run with the creeps because it's all about money ain't a damn thing funny you got to have a con in this land of milk and honey they push that girl in front of the train took her to the doctor so the arm on the game stabbed that man right in his heart from like 10 years old to 15 years old, I'd move uh, down the street. So we went from 45th and Pulaski to, to 69th and Pulaski. And, you know, I'm a little bit older now. And there's a girl right across the street from me who's my age. You know, so like the fun starts to begin, you know, and I start to get my own experiences and I started to get more curious, you know, and then I started to um, write down, not like a journal. I started to write poetry and like my mom really like, didn't understand poetry and like I really didn't have anybody in the household to to express it or share it with so I just kept that to myself you know so I started writing poetry at a real young a real young age never even the you know having the thought cross my mind that hey you can turn this into raps so I'm over here like listening to LO Cool J I Need Love and I'm just blown away because I understand it I understand it in a way a kid would understand it 
It's all fantasy when you're a little kid. You're not really thinking like, I need love. I don't, what, the, what the hell I know about love? But I knew that I had a thing for this girl across the street. I knew she had a thing for me. You know, I knew that there's other girls that I like, but you know, she was the main one that had my eye. And then I got a little bit older, started messing around with different girls, listened to that song again, and it just made complete sense. It went from me thinking that I wanted the girl next door to me actually understanding that it's it's about growing up and not wanting to play all these little games and actually manning up and owning up to your feelings. But when I first heard that record, my mom put me on it. My mom was like, oh, you're always talking to these little girls. Like, you need to like listen to this song or this song and this song. And my mom told me like, it's not always being about a tough guy all the time, you know, like LL Cool J. I'm like, who's that? Say, like, what do you mean who's that? She'd go through all her CDs like, flipping through pages and pages and looking through like her burned discs. She'd grab one and she'd flip it on. She'd be like, put on track three. And then I heard it. When I'm alone in my room, sometimes I stare at the wall and in the back of my mind, I hear my conscience call telling me I need a girl who's the sweetest a dove. For the first time in my life, I see I need love. Romance, she the light, how sweet. I gotta find me a girl to make my life complete. You can scratch my back, we'll get cozy and huddle. I'll lay down my jacket so you can walk over a puddle. I give you a rose, pull out your chair before we eat. Dude, like, I was like, I write poetry like that. Like, you can make that into a track? Are you kidding me? And that's when my mom told me. She was like, you know how young this cat was when he got signed? I was like, are you kidding me? I was like, mom, I write poetry. She's like, shut up, shut up. Keep playing the song. I was like, damn. <laughs> and then that's when I kind of got the first glimpse of like, you know, I can make this into something. Why don't you make yourself seen? Take a chance with my love and you'll find out what I mean. Fantasies can run, but they can't hide it when I find you. Well, I mean, growing up without my dad and before my mom got with my brother's dad, it was all house music, all house music. You couldn't escape it. You know, my mom was the youngest of the bunch at that time. So my mom had me right around 15, 16 years old. So in a sense, you could say we kind of grew up together. So I got to hear all the music they were playing. I got to see all her friends and hang out with her friends and when they'd all get together you know i'd be under i'd be underneath the kitchen table listening to conversations or in the kitchen with my little cousins while everybody was partying in the living room my uncles were drinking and that's the music they'd play you know they'd be playing like acid thunder for your body dun, dun, dun. that's all you would hear you know it was like house music just freestyle music and then my mom puts on this record and it's Fast Eddie, and it's the first time I heard somebody lay that type of flow on a track that I thought was supposed to be. At the time, I didn't know the difference between house music and pop music and all that. So I'm over here thinking they're going to throw in another B96 joint or another pop music record. And then I hear Fast Eddie. He comes on, he goes, uh, It's time to get funky to this cut so screen and throw your hands up. The party's about to begin. And now I'm gonna rock it to the end. I'm known as a DJ, F-A-S-T-E-D-D-I-E, and it's on, and it's about to be on and raw. Raw than you ever heard before. And I was like, oh, on a pop record, like, what is this? And my mom was like, this is hip hop.
I went back to her CD library and I'm looking through everything and I'm looking for house classics and I think it said 89-98 house and hip house and it was like her own mixtape type deal you know on a burnt CDR and I just listened to that over and over and over and I thought if I ever had to make music I'd want to be a hip house artist not knowing that that wasn't even like that type of genre like a mainstream genre and then I got older and I started looking at the research and I was like wow that's a Chicago like that's a Chicago thing house music is Chicago thing I just started to value the city even more and you know what what's brought to the table when you say this is from Chicago a lot of people don't know how much music comes from here you know, a lot of music that's, you know, that's grown here. house party with Kid and Play. You know, the first time I seen when they're at the house party and Martin Lawrence was supposed to be DJing or whatever, right? And he throws the record on and Play grabs the mic and he tries to school Kid and Kid starts going off. I'm like, man, that sounds exactly like hip house. They're just rapping, trying to keep a party going while emceeing at the same time. And that's when I realized what an MC is and the difference between a hip hop artist or a rapper and an MC. You know, an MC can, captivate an audience and MC can get the party jumping you heard Drake zero to 100 real quick like that's what an MC's job is to get the dance floor from zero to 100 and that's when I realized that that's what Fast Eddie was when you're young there's a certain age that you can recall memories really well and a certain age that you can hardly recall any memories but I've always had this like this memory of it was just me, my mom, and my grandma. That was my family for a long time. And you can you can kind of feel when somebody's brought in the picture versus somebody that's always been there. And I've always kind of had that feeling towards my brother's dad, you know, and he came into my life probably about six or seven years old. It was just kind of awkward for me because I mean, it's a stranger living with you, you know, as much, as much time as you spend with somebody, sometimes you just really don't bond or you just don't really click with somebody and that was just me and him from like the very start from the very jump and as I got older it was just kind of like okay this is dad now it, it is what it is and I don't know if I chose to forget but for a long time I just played it off like okay this is dad the animosity was always there like he just treated me different it was no fucking secret my cousin saw it my family saw it I don't know everybody always just kind of treated me like the black sheep of the family I was always different for some reason, you know? And, and, and I don't mean different like, oh, he's special. He's going to make it one day. I meant like I, I was just kind of like, okay, you need to keep an eye on him because it's a matter of time. One day I got home from school and my mom was like, I need you to sit down. 
And old boy's like hollering in the other room. You need to fucking tell him or I'm going to tell him. I'm like, wait, tell me what? What's going on? She's like, sit down, sit down. He's like, tell him or I'm going to fucking tell him. She comes up to me and she's like, you know he's not your dad, right? I was like, yeah, I know. You know, and that that was kind of like my automatic response. Because like deep down, you you just know. And I tell her, I'm like, yeah, I know. She's like, how do you know? And I kind of looked at her like, ain't it obvious? Like nothing was said. It was just a look I made to her. And she made a look back like, like you're right. That ain't a secret. Okay, like the elephant in the room. And I was like, can you excuse me for a minute? And I just left and just kind of took a deep breath and kind of just took it in. And I thought, I thought it would have been a little more of a shock value, but it was more liberating than anything. It was, it was kind of like the chain's fucking broken. Like, not that I don't have to respect them anymore. Not that I don't have to like continue to live the way we were living, but it was kind of liberating to the point where it's like, where we don't have to live this fucking lie anymore. We can all stop playing pretend. And that kind of, I think that's when I kind of like escaped into Eminem. The CD was at my crib. My brother's dad had originally bought it for him, but my brother was only like six or seven years old at the time. I don't know what the fuck he was thinking. He buys my brother the Marshall Mathers LP. So I'm looking at the cover and I had heard previews of it, whatever, and I really I really didn't get into it until like I kind of got a little more aggravated with my lifestyle or the circumstances of my life, I should say. Finding out that, you know, old boy wasn't really my father this whole time. And I just, I kind of started to uh, resonate with the fact and started to realize like my whole life was a lie. You know, as a teenager, everything's so melodramatic and everything's a hundred times fucking worse than it actually is. I started to kind of get lost in my thinking and I started to get angry. You know, I started to get resentful and I started to question everything and like, what else is a fucking lie? And who better to listen to than when you're pissed off than fucking Eminem? So I slip on the CD and I start going through everything and I start listening to uh, I am, I am, whatever you say I am. And if I wasn't, then why would I say I am? In the paper, the news, every day I am. I don't know, it's just the way I am. I'm so sick and tired of being admired that I wish that I would just die and get fired. And I'm over here like jamming to this shit like I got a job. I'm jamming to this like this is my life story. And really it wasn't, but that's when I realized the delivery of an artist can impact you just as much, if not more, than the fucking lyrics. Sometimes you just need somebody to get angry with. And I think that's the power of an artist. Somebody that you can relate to beyond just words. And that's when I kind of realized, like, I need to make my own music. This is my therapy. Then attack Eminem cause I rap this way But I'm glad cause they feed me the fuel that I need for the fire to burn 
jam Cause I am whatever you say I am I'm writing poetry Thinking like I could do this But at that age I didn't have any confidence right? Cause growing up I was kinda like I guess you can say I was, I was like verbal abuse You know emotional mental abuse This guy was just always bitching and complaining And fuck this and fuck that Why didn't you do this why didn't you do that And it was just a lot for me So my confidence wasn't there I started going into the street or whatever, and my cousins, their dad, started going to church. So they're going to church. He says, you want to still sleep over? You got to come with us to church on Sunday. I was like, ah, fuck it. So I go. Turns out they have this youth ministry. Youth ministry is kind of cool. They got other kids my age. They talk about the street. The youth pastor used to be an SD from the north side. This is a nigga that understands me. Like, he knows what I'm going through every day. If I got it bad, he had it 10 times worse. So I connected with him. Connected with his kid. He was my age. So I got involved in church a little bit. Got in good enough to where they had this music retreat or something. I mean, I don't think we had enough money at the time for me to go. But somebody at the church made like an anonymous donation or whatever. And they picked up my ticket. So I was able to go. Just on the trip there, I'm like, well, I've never been on a trip like this before. Of course, the mind state that I'm in, I wonder what kind of girl is going to be up there, who's going to be doing what. It's a church retreat. What the fuck's really going to happen? So anyway, I get out there, and the minute I get there, I see these vendors set up with t-shirts, rappers on t-shirts, and artist logos, and I'm like, damn, he's making a lot of money off this. Like, where all these all these people are into God? He's like, yeah, man, you know, it's a, it's a huge movement. It's a huge thing. Like, you know, they have hip-hop and, and gospel rap. I'm like, gospel rap? They just talk about God? Like, yeah, that's exactly what they do when they talk about their experiences. I'm like, yeah, all right, whatever. Where, where the girls at? So we go to the hotel room, I get all fresh or whatever. We get downstairs, we start looking around everywhere. They start bringing these gospel artists. One singer, next singer, third singer. We're starting to get bored and then all the lights go off. Spotlight hit, hit one dude, earrings, snap back. He got like this cool ass lid on, tatted neck, bottom finger. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, who is this guy? Like, I thought you said this was church related. It's like, it is, bro, it is. Listen to his testimony. I'm like, what's the testimony? He's like, shut up, man. Dude starts talking. I remember when I was 15, 16, my age at the time, being in the streets, being lost and confused, being angry all the time. He's like, I found God. God saved my life. God brought me on the stage. God brought me here to deliver this message. Boom, the beat drops. Crowd goes nuts. This man starts dripping bars, bro. Like, he starts dropping bombs, gems, like... Lyricism was on point. The song was on point. It sounded like something you hear on the radio, like on Power 92. I was like blown away. Crowd going nuts. I couldn't believe my eyes. I wish I can take you there just so you could see what I saw. Touch my cousin on the shoulder and pulling the shirt. I'm like, yo, homie, who's this? He starts telling me his rap name and his albums or whatever. At that moment, I looked up. Everything was like quiet. I mean, you could see everything. I mean, the dude was still rapping, but in my mind, in that moment, everything was quiet. And I looked up, I asked God, I said, God, 
get me on a stage like that and I will tell your story. I will share the gospel, whatever you call it, whatever it is you want me to spit, I'll spit it. I was like, just give me some time to have some fun. I swear I said that. I was like, give me some time to be me. Give me some time to be wild. And I swear I'm going to find my way right back and I'm going to tell everybody that you're the one that brought me there. And then like boom, I just got back in the moment, got back in the neighborhood, got back involved with girls, forgot all about all the shit that happened. It's almost like it never happened. Until recently, I was at Donda's house. Ryan Fessel comes up to the table and he's like, you know what, heck, you're a real good rapper, but you need to fix this, 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 and that. I didn't hear a word he said after he said I'm a good rapper. <laughs> It got quiet again. I was like, did Ryan Fitz just call me? And he's over here telling me like, you need to fix your delivery and you, you've been through hell and back, but you're not rapping about it. I mean, I caught it. I could hear what he's saying, but my attention wasn't the fact that Grammy award-winning Ryan Fest, co-founder, Donda's house, Kanye West's best friend, just told me I'm a good rapper. I went home, I told my girl, I'm like, yo, Fest gave me some good advice. And I was like, he also said I was a good rapper. She's like, he did? I'm like, yeah, he did. Then I thought, how the fuck did I get here? He just called me a rapper. Like, I'm a rapper. What the fuck? Just like that, you know? Like, I I, I don't know why I was in disbelief. Call my homie up who actually introduced me to this whole game. His name's Prodigy. I'm talking to him. I'm like, hey, man, remember when all this started and I was just passing out flyers? When I was just promoting, when I just had ideas for parties? He's like, yeah. I'm like, I'm a rapper. He's like, yeah, no, bro, I'm proud of you. You know, he's like, you're doing it. He's like, keep doing it. He's like, I always told you, you had something. He's like, keep it going. He's like, I'm proud of you. I'm like, nah, bro, you're not listening to me. I'm Hex, the rapper. He's like, I, I know, bro. I know. That's kind of when I realized that God had heard me 10 years ago at a conference nowhere near Chicago on this trip that some anonymous person helped pay for. They got heard me ask them to put me on a stage or give me a mic. I went to uh, Hubbard High School, and like I said, me and my me and my cousins were clowns. We were uh, knuckleheads. We really weren't there to get an education like everybody else. We were more into like socializing and being the life of the party. I guess that was our main focus. And eventually, that led to me not being in Hubbard anymore because of, like a lot of the gang activity and you know a lot of. Uh, looking over the shoulder and that's you know where my focus had went from being the life of the party to just being alive at all i got to find out about this school called lincoln's challenge and that's like a six-month program it's kind of like rotc like a junior rotc like a small boot camp and you get your gd in six months man my mind was set on that gd and like 
Maybe at the time I looked at it like a shortcut, but for me, I was like, the quicker I can get out of this fucking school, the better. Because at that point, I was just thinking about money. You know, after I got into school, like, you know, like, uh, I had my brother's, you know, dad always in my grill talking about, you don't even own a pot to piss in. The minute you get some money, you can be your own man. And so that became, that became the mission. Get my own money. Fuck what you talking about. I'm going to take care of myself. So here's this program. Lincoln's Challenge, six months, get your GED, get out and go on with your life. I can do that. I'm with it. You know, it should have been easy. Get my bags packed up. That morning, I'm supposed to leave. I get a call like at 5 a.m. It's my girlfriend at the time. She gets on the phone with me and she's like, Hector, you can't leave. I'm like, what do you mean? I'm going to be back in six months. It ain't no thing. Don't worry about it. No, you, you can't leave. I'm late. <laughs> I'm like, what you mean? Late for what? Like, I saw you yesterday. You ain't got to come say bye right now. Like, what do you, you? She's like, no, you're not listening. I'm late. I'm like, you want me to come say bye to you or? No, I'm pregnant. Bro, I didn't know what to think. I just knew that. My dad wasn't there, and I wasn't about to do that to a life that I'm bringing to this earth. So I hung up the phone to my mom wasn't going, went to her crib, and just started to make plans. And then a week later, after everybody talking shit, you pussied out, all that running around for nothing, your mom missed days of work, she could have got fired, trying to take your ass to sign up for school, trying to get your shit together. What were you thinking? You're inconsiderate, la-da-da-da-da. She tells me a week later, she had a miscarriage. I'm at the theater with my cousin, right? I never, 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 hardly ever get time to just say, let's go to the movies and kick it if it's not taking my daughter out. But like actually going with my cousin and he had like this girl he was dating. You know, it was like a double date sort of deal. Last minute, we leaving for City Mall. Some guy runs up to us and we're like, whoa, whoa. He's just running up on people like that. He's like, nah, nah, y'all want to see a movie? I'm like, we just saw a movie. He's like, nah, another one. I'm like, what is it? what's it about? What's the big deal? He's like, nah, man, it's just, uh, it's like a documentary thing. Radio stations here and stuff, and, you know, we just, we're trying to fill seats, because if we don't fill these seats, it's not going to go well. I'm like, all right. Give us these passes, we go wait in line. Like, what, the, what the fuck is this for? They kept it real low-key. We all sit down. They're not showing no trailers. All the lights are on. Reporters walking around. I'm like, man, this movie's going to be boring as shit. They start dropping a beat. Boom, 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 boom. Heard his voice that I've heard many times before. Couldn't quite put my finger on it for some reason. I think it was just the excitement. Ice T jumps on the mic. Yo, 
what up, Chicago? I'm like, what the fuck? He walks out from the back. Everybody's like, ah. It was for the hip-hop movie that he had dropped. Yo, I'm here promoting this movie. And then uh, he starts asking for upcoming rappers. And he's like, who really know rap here? Or like, who can you tell me that's not mainstream yet? This is before Kendrick Lamar. And uh, I raised up my hand. And he called me. He's like, you. And he's like, go ahead. Give me a name. And he's like, if I know him, then I know you for real. I was like, Kendrick Lamar. He's like, that's a tight cat. He's like, he's going to come up real soon. Promise you that. And he's like, next. He gets back to his speech. And he's like, everybody that's here right now, I see that y'all spending your time with me. You rocking with me. Watching, supporting this flick. I hope y'all like it. I just want y'all to know that I don't believe in coincidences. I don't believe in accidents. If you're here right now, it's for a reason. You're supposed to watch this film. He's like, how many of you are trying to be in the music business or trying to make something to yourself? Everybody in the crowd raised their hand. And he's like, exactly. There are no such thing as accidents. Whatever brought you here was for a reason. So go ahead, enjoy this film, and I want you to keep that in mind. Sometimes I hear death knocking at my front door. I'm living every day like a hustle, another drug to juggle. Another day, another struggle. Yo, I know it's fucked up what a lack of cake would do. A few people want to move in and stay with you. You wish you could help them all. You unable to. Because the rent's a little late, plus the cables do. You and your girlfriend are beefing in a serious way. You used to be faithful. You in a curious stage. Finally got your mind made. I'm going your separate ways. Wait. Now homeboy, your period's late. Now think. So the film starts. It gets to the point where this acapella starts dropping. And he starts telling the story about this young guy who gets a girl pregnant and he's tripping and he doesn't know what to do because he doesn't even know how to, he doesn't even know how to take care of his own self. And he starts talking about his house, how he's jacked up. Starts talking about how he could even begin to think about being a dad when he's all fucked up, when he don't even got his priorities in order. How's he going to provide for this baby? And as he was spitting that acapella and I was watching that movie, for some reason on that screen, instead of seeing what they were showing, I was seeing my life. I was looking at the time that I found out that my girlfriend was pregnant. Joe Button's voice was so rugged and so, like, the vocals were so clean. It was like hearing, like, a second conscience. At that moment is when I realized I need to do something. I need to tell my story. I need to get this out there. I left that theater so, like, so energized, like, so, like, it was like a breath of, like, a new life in me. I couldn't wait to get home and work on some shit. I couldn't wait to go home and YouTube instrumentals. I didn't give a fuck if they were wrapped on a billion, million, hundred times already. Like, I didn't care. I just wanted a piece of that. I wanted to leave a piece of my story behind. And I've been doing it ever since. DJ on point. I don't want to live no more. Sometimes I hear death knocking at my front door. I'm living every day like a hustle. Another drug to juggle. Another day, another struggle. Yo, I know it's fucked up what a lack of cake could do. A few people want to move in and stay with you. You wish you could help them all. You ain't able to. Because the rent's a little late plus the cables do. You and your girlfriend are beefing in a serious way. You used to be faithful. You had a curious stage. Finally got your mind made. I'm going your separate ways. Wait. Now homeboy a period's late now think Time's running out, do it quick She starts crying, mood's getting sticky If I don't want it, she'll want nothing to do with me Just get the abortion and I give you the 250 But if you say that to her, then you wrong You ain't think about that, you was getting your groove on Can't take care of myself, never mind a newborn Guess the pussy got too good for too long Whenever I bring up Joe Budden Everybody talks about his lyricism and his delivery and I think that's like one of the one of the many reasons why I feel like I can make it in hip hop 
as an artist because of the storytelling nature of my music especially the music that I have in the works and a lot of the ideas that I have are different because they are from a storytelling perspective and when I talk about people like Joe Button they talk about storytellers like Biggie like Biggie used to tell stories Pac used to tell stories and they say that that's really one of the elements that's missing right now a lot of the artists that don't get the light shine on them is really you know the artist that can paint a picture just like giving you a blank canvas and by the end of the song you'll have a a collection of art and that's what i think about when i think about joe button he's just killing it man it's a therapy that nobody else has as an artist anyway. Just bothered. I get honest for real. I ain't been the best father. Like Toys R Us, Chuck E. Cheese. You know a little boy grow up with these knees. New Year's and Christmas, even a birthday. At least bring the nigga to a school on the first day. I can't believe it. It's the same way that I was treated. So maybe it's history repeated. I know it sounds sick. The idea of having another kid. But this one, it really feel like it's his. It's the truth, and I hate that fact. Wait, should have said that I take that back. Now that I've grown to become an artist, I've realized that it's the counselor, it's the father, it's the uh, stay-at-home mom, it's all of those things that I never had rolled up into one. You throw on a hip-hop beat, those lyrics, or those that poetry, those stories that I was writing when I was younger, all of that comes pouring out and I feel like everything's going to be okay. So hip-hop matters because without hip-hop, I wouldn't be okay.